Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where the host and guests discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experiences of field, and to share our members' stories. Thanks for tuning in. Sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome into the show, everybody. It's a fun week on location. We're heading to hunt camp in Indiana. Uh, we get to sit down with Pat McFadden and the family McFadden. This is a really cool episode, guys. Uh, we bellied up to a little picnic table there on the family farm around a beautiful campfire, middle of the night. Uh, just a really cool vibe and atmosphere on this one. So uh, I'd invite you for the full immersion experience on this one. Turn the lights down, get to a quiet place. Pour yourself your favorite adult beverage. Uh, maybe on this one you want a nice bourbon, one, uh, one, one piece of ice. Sit back and relax and enjoy. The fire is cracking, the crickets are chirping, and the conversation is pretty good too. So uh, with that said, let's head to Indiana, Family McFadden. Let's go. Uh, this is... Turkey Call, all-access podcast, official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. We are on location in Indiana at the McFadden Family Cabin, the McFadden Family Farm. We got Pat. Yep. Son, TJ. Nephew, Jesse. Nephew, Jesse. There it is. And we got more people. People listening, you won't see it, but there is a little video going on here. We're going to try that. Uh, We got folks in the back, so we may welcome in some more family members, but... Uh, we're here on location. We're filming for the uh, NWTF series, the Camp Culture film series, and this is the first on our four film series stops. I don't want to say that anymore. That was right. a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to get <laughs> uh, So, so we're here. Uh, we're in camp. We're we're just hanging out, getting to know uh, Pat and family, and you know, the, the last twenty four hours has been uh, it's been pretty fun getting <laughs> to know getting to know you guys. You know what's uh, wh- how the and we're going to talk about it and get into it, but the the cabin, the property, how it came about. We're here for a small game hunt, so yep. squirrels in the morning. Yep, squirrels in the morning. Yeah, so we uh, we got a gray squirrel, fox squirrel, and you said there's a black squirrel? Yeah, but they're a little farther south of here. We okay. might not see any here. But Very yeah. good. So, you know, you guys, we, we uh, Pat broke out a, a wonderful photo album of family memories here early, so a lot of you guys have been here since, since birth, right? So, property's been in the family for 10 years. You guys have had it. Yep. Uh, you know, tell us about that. When you, you know, what, what got you here? You know, you guys, you've obviously, hunting outdoors, it's part of who you are. It's part of your upbringing. But what, what got you to this point? Well, what, what got me here and my dad here when we, when we found this place, we've been looking for a place of our own for a long time. And, you know, it's, it's where we live, it's a pretty populated area around the city of Lafayette, Purdue University's here. So, there's not a lot of... Um, ground rough ground and when they do find it, it it either turns into housing additions or you know especially in a county that we live in so we had been looking and not having much luck finding anything and we weren't actively looking but you know you always keep your eyes open you know sure, sure. something rolls in and it just happened to be my dad is retired and he was working for a, a guy that we actually hunt on you know helping him farm and do some things and um he actually called my dad and said, hey, I seen a piece of property for sale down in Warren County, mm-hmm. you know, kind of where we'd wanted to go anyway. 
And Dad's like, really? So he called me, and we jumped in the truck, and we come down here and found the sign, and he got a hold of the guy that owned it, and he had, he'd had a little trouble, and he was ready to move this piece of property, and and we were able to jump on it pretty quick. Sure. And we came and looked at it on a Friday, and we had the deal closed on a Monday. I mean, it was it was quick, boom, boom, boom. You know, kind of got it done. So. We kind of fell into it in a way. If it wouldn't have been for the guy that just happened to see it in the paper, mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't have it. So we ended up uh, buying the first 60 acres, and uh, we had it for a little bit of time. And then there was a, a adjoining 15 acres that was next to it that a the guy that used to farm this place, he was going through a divorce, and he was needing some cash. Sure. So we ended up buying 15, so we made it 75 acres, and that's how we kind of came about it. Mm-hmm. But we'd always been looking, but... It's like anything, you know, raising kids and the way it goes, you don't have a lot, a lot of extra cash laying sure. around. So, you know, when it got to the point in our lives where we could afford it, you know, that's when we ended up doing it. So that's how it all came about. That's how we got here. And we toured, uh, we toured a bunch of the property this morning and it's beautiful. The work you well, guys have you. done. So, I mean, you told us earlier, but for the listening audience, you know, when you guys took over this, this, this piece of property was not in the condition it was in. It was oh, in need no. of health. It was need of habitat restoration, management, um, you know, and, and give me the quick resume rundown of what you're doing for NWTF here in Indiana, Pat, okay. so we can give some context. Sure. So what I do for the state of Indiana through the National Wild Turkey Federation is I'm the uh, current state chapter president. Uh, my term ends in 2021, so I've did, this was my second term as president. I'm also the uh, state uh, habitat coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I, ran, I run and I help develop a habitat seed program for the state of Indiana. We do private land consulting for through the National Wild Turkey Federation and our regional biologist mm-hmm. that we work together. Ryan Boyer and I work together on, on, the, on that aspect of things. And then I also sit on some national committees. I'm the chairman um, for the uh, branding work group that's going on right now that we have going on. And I sit on, I did sit on their, their, their work groups, their ongoing work groups, but we have already had um, pushed some things towards the state board and recommendations that, you know, for the super fund and, uh, for the chapter incentive and awards. Mm-hmm. So those work groups are still active. We're just waiting for some more data to make sure. some more decisions later. And I'm also the chairman for the uh, president's advisory council, the volunteer advisory nice. council. So, yeah, so I have a lot of hats in the, yeah. yeah. So you could do a few more now. things. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I need. yeah. A couple Perfect. more things to do. So yeah. what you hit on there is, you know, you, with the, 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 the seed program, and you guys developed a, a state-specific program. We did. And, and so that is definitely a passion here. And it's noticeable on the piece of property. Because what you guys have been able to do here is essentially take your family uh, camp and land and you've turned it into a habitat project. Sure. Yeah, you know, when we first got this place, there was an old house that had been burnt. And there were some buildings that were dilapidated. And we tore those down. And it was just grown. It was all grown up in and briars and small thorn trees and you know Mm -hmm. how uh locust trees everything just takes things over it goes back to nature right yeah so we cleaned that up and got some of the fields back to where we could you know get some food plots in there and and cleaned up and left some islands and did some stuff and so yeah it's and we've taken all of the uh tillable ground and we've changed that back into warm season grasses and we left a four acre food plot out there so we have some pollinator mixes and we've you know all that work it's you know it's when we first bought this place and you would pull in and the deer would just run mm-hmm. so and the guy that had owned it before us he had planted some apple trees and the deer were eating all these trees and he just he was done with the deer so I, he just him and his buddies pretty much if it was brown it was down kind of thing sure, right sure. so they were 
the deer were just skittish every time a vehicle pull up or good walks. But now, 10 years later, as you've seen tonight, we're sitting on the porch and there's right. there's eight deer out in the in the food plot just eating and they'll look up at you and they go on. You know, we had four bucks up on top of the hill and they yeah. stood there and let you guys watch them for a little while. So it's, you know, and I told my dad when we bought the place, I said, it's going to take a few generations of deer to get them back to the point to where they're comfortable, right? Yeah. And, and that's what's happened, you know, and so... We tried to weed out some of the tree lookers. You know, you got those old does that walk through the woods and they're looking in every tree they yeah. see and they're educating things. So, you know, we kind of did some selective harvesting in order to get rid of some of that. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's, it's you know, so now we can come here and we don't blow every deer in the, out of the county yeah. when we pull into the driveway, you know, so. So, you know, having young kids and now you have adult children and, you know, cousins, nephews and all this. And, you know, as we as we focus on the, the legacy part of, of, of this, the series, you know, the culture that 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 all brings, you know, different parts of the country, people have different traditions, but ultimately, you know, hunting camps, hunting camp, right? Um, and that evokes a lot of different emotions. It certainly evokes some some memes, right? Some not so fair over the years. Right. Um, the work you've done uh, has allowed to to break those stereotypes, I believe. Just you know, in getting to know you and what you've talked about, you know, TJ, you know, tell me. Uh, from being a young person, a little boy, and now being a, an educator, you're in the, the school system as an as a IT educator. Um, you know, what does is, what is this piece of ground mean to you, and how has it over the years changed, and how did it change you? So one of the biggest things was uh, this was the first piece of property that I uh, um, really picked my own deer stand. Like, I got a really late start on the deer hunting just because I wanted to be. Yeah, he's good. He's real good. I wanted to be uh, able to, uh, <clears throat> you know, hunt solo. I wanted to be where, you know, dad was maybe in the area, but I could hunt solo. Yeah. So I definitely got a late start. I didn't shoot my first deer till I was, what, dad, 15? Yeah, I think you were 15. Yep. So when I came down here and dad and grandpa got this property, I really waited for a bit and kind of walked around the area, kind of felt where I wanted to be. And I said, hey, dad, this is the, this is the quarter of property I want to hunt. And I said, I have a tree picked out. I have a rough tree picked out. And I said, this is where I want to go and, you know, put up a deer stand. And, of course, you know, we walked down there and Dad having the uh, years of experience that he had, he goes, well, you're close. You, you had a tree, but let's go with the one right next to it because it's just a little bit straighter. Mm. And, you know, that, that expertise kind of helped me in the scheme of things, but I've killed what i think i've killed two deer out of that stand yeah, now three three yep. deer yep but i definitely killed my first symmetrical buck out of that stand mm -hmm. my first buck was definitely not a symmetrical buck with <laughs> for any means uh but definitely i killed my first uh symmetrical buck out of that stand and it it's definitely like a self-accomplishment like yeah this is this is the quadrant that is mine this is where i hunt this mm -hmm. is where i kind of maintain my things and i usually come out couple weeks before deer season starts and definitely trim up a couple shooting lanes whatever but for the most part i'd leave it how it is leave it in nature kind of thing and that definitely has helped teach me a couple things about hunting out here so you know as a little boy you know we'll, we'll say sub 13 mm -hmm. you know your 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 camp chores are probably assigned right the culture that is camp uh is probably different for a sub 13 year old kid and then you grow into a teenager and then you, you know you become a man and all that how is that how'd that dynamic change like can you recall any of that like you know you probably had to like do dishes or pick up the trash or do some mundane tasks to you know becoming a man and actually like 
strongly contributing to what you guys are doing here? So one of the biggest things was like picking campsites. So uh, um, as you guys saw tonight when I came out here, I was probably the only guy that brought a tent out here just because that's what I'm used to. That's what I like. I had a camper for a couple of years, didn't like it, mm -hmm. switched back to a tent. And probably one of the biggest things was just picking where the tent goes. And that definitely is a quality of life factor to know. And that's something I picked up after many years. Uh, as of chores, uh, definitely uh, doing dishes, for say, which was a lot of times burning trash and whatnot. Because we did a lot of, uh, like, paper plates and whatnot. But then learning, I think one of the biggest things I learned was I got yelled at many, many, many moons ago. I almost, the, the cardinal sin with cast iron, I almost took a piece of soap like a soapy sponge to a cast iron and I almost got my butt whooped for that. And I, you know, I was in charge of cleaning dishes. So I figured you cleaned all the dishes the same way. And that's something that definitely evolved over the years. So was, explain that, go, you know, kind of break that down. Why is that, why is that such a, a cardinal sin in a camp? So, uh, for the non cast yeah. iron users. So cast iron is a seasoned piece of metal and it definitely, uh, takes time to season it. So either you got to season it in an oven Season it with bacon grease. There's many different ways to season a uh, a piece of cast iron. But once you have it seasoned, you don't unseason it. Mm -hmm. And the way you unseason it is you put Dawn dish soap in it. <laughs> Clearly, there is there's no worse chemical to put in a cast iron than, you know, dish soap. And, and there are many families with camps that go back generations that have passed those very pieces of cast yeah. iron down four or five generations. Yes. And, and you know, too, to add to a little <laughs> bit what TJ's saying, you know, this is the first year that we've had the cabin here. So, yeah. you know, and our, and, and our, our homes are only, you know, a half hour from here. So a lot of times we would, we would roll in early. We have an old, you know, an old hay barn, livestock barn here that we would change clothes in and, and go on. So, you know, we didn't really do, um, you know, we, we camped down here a few times per season, but mainly we would just come and go. Right. Mm -hmm. So a, a lot of things that TJ is kind of referring to is, you know, for when we camped, you know, and then when we would come here for a deer camp and bring the trailer, he already knew from just camping as a family that this is what we do, right, yeah. in deer camp, you know, let's keep everything clean and, and, and scent free and, you know, kind of let's not stand downwind of the smoke and change your clothes when you get back, you know, as a, as a little guy. But, you know, we never really had, as, as these guys being little, we really never had the opportunity to come and stay for opening weekend, you know, maybe a couple times because we just didn't have that opportunity we didn't have sure. a place to stay right and so it's a little different is a lot of stuff i think tj refers to is you know is is just living the lifestyle that we did for camping you know and we tried to just do things outside right instead mm -hmm. of you know so you get to really know a piece of ground when you're sleeping on it yes you do yeah and if you just come out here by yourself so one of the biggest things i had was when i uh so they bought this farm about the time I got my license. So that was about 10 years ago. So I was 16 at the time, had an old 95 F-150. And one of the coolest things I remember is they got this farm and literally a week after they bought the farm, they put a brand new gate up and they said, here's a master lock key. And they gave me the key. And that sucker still sits on my keychain to this day. And it was the, uh, the, the coolest thing just to come out here when no one else was around here and just just see the property like i didn't even bring a gun with me it was just kind of one of those things just 
experience the property and just kind of be out in nature and just kind of that's where i got the feel this is the quarter of property i want to hunt mm -hmm. because is you know it's where i saw the most deer it's where i saw like the patterns of deer and where i saw that i had the most potential to do what i wanted to do and you know it was it was a cool feeling of growing up like this was just a piece of property it was half hour from the house like when i was uh uh growing up when i was 16 there was a a rough uh rule that i could go to the surrounding counties without permission but for the most part after that it was kind of like you need to really have permission to go further than that when i was had my license and so this was like right on the edge of that and it really definitely uh you know push the boundaries of a few things here and there but <laughs> in, in the scheme of things it definitely made it for a place where i could come out and just be by myself like i never took anyone out here i think the only time i took people out here was maybe for my like 17th birthday yeah, you had a birthday party at yeah. but that was the only time i had out here because after that i hated having people out here like i hated having like my group of friends out here that didn't appreciate the property like i did like i brought them out here and they're like oh yeah this is a cool like place to have a fire pit I'm like no you're, you're not understanding this is like you know 60 plus acres of just wilderness and like they they didn't understand that and it was infuriating to me and like after that i really haven't had a whole lot of people out here yeah did you maybe not then but do you see now opportunity like to like i can appreciate your feelings of like you don't get this right like mm -hmm. you're not vested in this you you don't have skin in the game kind of thing but you know you guys are so um nwtf is such a part of your lives mm -hmm. um and, and and doing for others do you see now like this piece of property can serve as opportunity to change those minds so i see it as more as uh so yes i see it as an opportunity to change minds but i see it as a so you gotta think of it like a fire so like there's a raging fire which dad jesse and i have like we have this raging fire for conservation for properties for hunting like that that's something that we have mm -hmm. um then the people that have like little tiny sparks like i come from a world of education where you deal with that little spark and you ignite it you work on it and you make it grow into a fire kind of deal so i like to take those kind of people that have the little spark and like well maybe i kind of want to do this i'm like all right well let me show you something and i'll show you what you can have someday and you know you bring them out here you kind of show them a couple things maybe i've taken a handful of people like i can still count on one finger i've taken a handful of people hunting just to like to show them what hunting is and i'm still getting better at it like dad's a a professional that kind of thing but i'm, I'm not quite there yet mm -hmm. and just kind of showing people like hey this is what you can have someday and that really kind of pushes them on towards the next step of the the ember stage into yeah. the, the the kindling stage yeah, yeah and by no means am i suggesting you know come out and give up your best deer turkey spots right how about you justin yeah it's about like fishing i mean, say it again so it's, it's about like fishing you know we're not going to give up our good spots yeah, yeah sure sure <laughs> what does this mean to you as a you know coming out here from being a kid and to where you are now oh it's it's a lot different you know when we were growing up it was uh you know up around grandma and grandpa's house and uncle pat and lane's house it's a uh, we got names of all these woods that we used to go hunt and now all these woods have been you know we're close enough to town that you know they're they're subdivisions now 
And yeah. They, you know, the town's moving out 15 mile, 10 mile out of town. You know, what we used to grow up hunting, it's, uh, you know, now there's 200 some houses sitting mm. back in Apple's Woods that, sure. you know, used to be, go back here and hunt all day and not see, not see a single person unless you're with them. Right. But if you did see them, it was probably somebody new because they had permission to hunt there also. Yeah, now, someone said Indiana's 90? About 97%. percent held? Yep, 97% private. private. Yeah. I mean, when you think about opportunity, that makes a piece, I mean, it's easy to, and kitschy to say this is a piece of heaven, but truly, it's an oasis. It is. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. To, uh, to always have that guaranteed piece in your back pocket. And the fact that you guys are willing to open that gate down there to other people. Um, and not just, like I say, you know, just go sit in a stand right. and not appreciate it. Like you, you, you empower, you teach, you show, um, and you, you give lessons on how you can attain this. Speak to that. Well, you know, it, it all comes back to passing it on, right? Yeah. It's what it, which you, you kind of have to think about that, you know, and now that we have a lot of, you know, like Jesse's got two little boys and my nephew, Seth, he's got two little boys and a little girl and my other nephew, Zach, he's got two boys. So we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of, you know, potential hunters, you know, you, you can't make somebody if they want to, then, then we're going to help mm. them through it. Right. And I think it's like, it's kind of like playing little league baseball. You know, you try it and if you don't like it, you move to the next thing. Right. And. I know, um, like Zach's oldest boy, he loves to fish, you know, and I'm, I'm maybe someday he'll hunt, maybe someday he won't, you know, but he'll have the opportunity as will Jesse's boys and Seth's boys when mm-hmm. the time comes, but beyond family, you know, if, if I can just take one person, um, you know, and get him out and, and take him someplace and hunt, especially an adult, right? Because it's easy. Not, I wouldn't say it's not easy. What it's the easy part about is getting them out, but finding them a place to hunt later, you still have to mentor somebody. You sure. can't just not a one and done thing. That's exactly right. And it's so much harder with a child because unless it's somebody that, you know, it's a close neighbor or something, you know, you, I, I can't go to, you know, a, a certain place if I don't know a child and be a one-on-one thing, you know, it's not, it's just not the way you, you have to be a two-on-one time, you know, it's just sure. today's society. And so, you know, family is the easy way to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, if I tell Jesse, say, hey, I'll, you know, if Bo wants to go hunting, he can come sit with me. You know, if you're working today and he decides he wants to come deer hunting, he can sit in a double ladder stand with me and they're in a blind and we'll put a heater in there and we'll take some snacks and we'll make a fun day of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, he'll never forget that uh, of the day. But, you know, when we take an adult, if I can take an adult on a first time hunt, they have a better opportunity of getting out and finding their own place if you kind of still work with them and maybe help them find a place. So to me, that's invigorating because at this point in my life, you know, I'm mid fifties, but it's, I'd much rather see somebody else sure. be successful than myself. Yeah. Right. I, I have that. I just, that's just the stage of my hunting career. I actually wrote an article one time for, uh, for actually to, for our uh, real estate company on some, this little blog thing that we have. And, you know, it's about the stages of hunting, how mm. when you're young, you want to, you know, fill your limit. You can't get enough and you sure. want to go tomorrow and do the same thing. And then you get to the point where it's a kind of a necessity thing because you need it and you, and you want it and it's what you're used to eating. So you go that way. And then, you know, the last one well, is not the last stage, but the stage that I'm kind of at now is that I want to help other people learn. So the tradition continues on, right. you know, and I want to help those people that don't have an opportunity. And this place opens the door for us to do that. If, if we so choose, right. If somebody doesn't have a place and so, well, come with me. I'll meet you, you know, meet me in the house on Saturday and we'll ride down or we'll come. Now we can come stay in the cabin if that's what it takes. And, you know, and I've got some 
you know, we're lucky I get some out of state people that want to come and we want to go on a turkey hunt or they want to come try their luck at a big corn fed white tailed deer, you yeah. know, that they can come and we can, you know, they're not hiding behind every tree like any place you go, but you know, that's why they call it hunting and not killing or sure, that's sure. why they call it fishing, not catching, you know, so yeah. that's kind of the same thing, but it's, it's so much fun and, and just to, you know, to see other people succeed, you know, in, in everything, not just hunting, but in life in general, you know. I think what's wonderful about your family dynamic here, um, and not everyone gets to experience this, is the closeness, right? The way you guys work together, um, you know, specifically observing you and your father, right? right? Um, I love my dad, but we are not managing a piece of land together. Yeah. Yeah, we get along just fine, but just, so I, I watch that. I'm like, you know, for me, I'm like, that's, that's really cool. I don't know if this piece of land helps solidify that or bring you guys closer, but to watch the family dynamics here and how you all come together, um, that's special. And this piece of land does that for you. It does. It does. You know, and I, I told you earlier, we kind of, we talked about it, you know, and, and some things and, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that, you know, my dad's my best friend and we get to, we get to, you know, we built a cabin, every piece of wood in that cabin we touched, either I touch it or he touched it or right. we touch it together. You know, and that's something that, that, that I'll, I'll die. I'll go to my grave knowing that, right. you know, and, and TJ came down and helped and, and Jesse, when he was here, we, he helped us trench all the electric in and the plumbing. And, you know, so we, everybody came, Zach and Seth, my other two nephews, they came and helped and I had buddies come and help do the electric. And so, you know, there's a lot of hands that touched it, yeah. but you know, dad and I, we worked and I'm not going to tell you every day was, uh, you know, sunny and roses because sure, we sure. had a few disagreements and, you know, you work through them and you go on, you know, it's like two, two guys working and, we were lucky enough that we were both uh, have the same trade and we got to work together and my dad worked for me and we, you know, on different, on, on some pretty good jobs, we we're both union pipe fitters. So we, we have that same drive and we, you know, so that's, that's pretty cool that it's, uh, you know, we can continue to do this as, as long as we have, you know, we farmed together when I was little and, you know, paid for the farm ground, you know, at the time I didn't, I was just helping. Right. But we've just, we've always been close like that. And this has really drove the, drove the spike in deeper there's so. a passion and enthusiasm that it's palatable you can see it you can feel it you can sense it you know from food prep to keeping the fire stoked and going to you know the attention that's put to the lawn care <laughs> i mean everything is is such and there's a there's a, a sense of ownership and pridefulness in that uh and i think that that transcends beyond the killing right oh absolutely. it transcends beyond just sitting killing turkeys or killing deer like this is this is establishing, you know, a, a community. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just like you know, Jesse sitting here and my other two nephews, you know, sitting over there. And you know, when they were little, you know, we we'd take them to the farm ponds and we'd fish. And you know, my grandpa would take them squirrel hunting, and you know, and, and they'd come and help do things. And we'd cut wood, and then we could go play in the woods, you know. And and they can still remember, you know, hot dogs in a in a thermos bottle, right? And they'd, grandpa would get them warm or grandma wouldn't put them in a hot thermos bottle with boiling water in there, you know, and you look forward to lunch for a, for a boiled hot dog in a thermos jug, you yeah. know? So, and so we, Jesse and I, we camp a lot together, um, his family and my wife and I and TJ and Jesse and I both belong to a sportsman's club. So we have a, a group of friends that, you know, is kind of have the same passion for the fishing and, and boating and camping. And, you know, the, it's a family atmosphere there, but it's a, you know, it's not our family; it's the club family, right? Mm -hmm. It's the Real Known Sportsman's Club it's family. Our, it's, it's our second family. It is, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, those are the we were talked about that a little bit. You know, that that family atmosphere down there is kind of like here. We have guys in that club that we could call right now, 
we could make one phone call and we could have 15 guys here in about yeah. a half hour, right? If we needed something. And that's, and that's how I feel about our family. You know, if I call Jesse or I call Seth or TJ or my dad or whatever, you know, that everybody, and they call me and we, we drop what we're doing. If we can, we, we head that way. Yeah. It's the same mm-hmm. thing here. You know, if, if these boys all know that, that, you know, they can come and go as they please down here and, and they can use it. And, you know, but there's a difference between using it and abusing it. Sure. And they know that difference because they were brought up in such a manner that they understand that. Yeah. You know, cause there's, um, we kind of hit on this today a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who said, Hey man, we ought to take the RZRs down there and the four wheelers and we can cut a bunch of trails and have a lot of fun. And, you know, I said, you know, that's really not what this place is about. It's not about it. it says, well, why not? I said, well, you get back in there and you start riding the Creek and up the banks. And the next thing you know, we have a bunch of erosion problem and you know, it changes the pattern of the deer mm. It everything changes, right? When I mean, we worked really hard for the last 10 years to, to really pattern the deer you know like tonight when we were sitting up there talking to those four bucks come through you know and i said well they're going to go right past old man cedar and hit this food plot yeah, you know? yeah. And we can sit at the porch and watch and we know where they're going to go mm-hmm. right and pretty much and uh so if there's a bunch of buggies down here running around and raising hell and and doing their thing and then that doesn't it sure. doesn't it's not what we want you know that's not what this place was for but not that you can't punch around on the logging roads that we do have but yeah. you know you're not going to tear things up but and you speak the uh, the some of the unspoken rules like today even like grandpa's rules go like county wide like i had to stop by uh grandpa's residence to pick up a couple uh streamer lights to hang up in our one lean to so we could have a little better grilling light and i'm beating myself up just because i went for about maybe two seconds into his grass just with my truck backing up <laughs> just because i didn't hit the the lane just right <laughs> grandpa's Grandpa's got a precision lane in there, and it's just kind of So this is great. So talk about the rules of camp, the unspoken rules of camp. Like, is there, (laughs) is there, it definitely lends itself to tradition. Like, what, what about your camp specifically is, I know, it doesn't have to be like drilled down black and white. Like, what's, there's got to be some, some funny nuance. Well, the main thing is, you know, is leave it like you found it. Right? Mm-hmm. That's like anything. That's kind of the code of the scouts. That should be the code of everybody, right? Leave Don't, no le- trace. Leave no it no better trace. than no you found it kind of deal, you know. But What do you say? There's no swinging on the gate. No, no swinging, swinging on, on the, the gate. gate. <laughs> Unless it's me. So, Jesse's you, you want to tell that story, Jesse? Tell that story. I can. Uh, this is a long time ago. Yeah, this is when I was five. Uh, Grandma and Grandpa had the farm up on Meridian. And they raised goats and some cows up there. They had a walk-through gate, like a 40-inch gate you could walk through to go out in the pasture. And no one is ever allowed to swing on it. You couldn't hang on it, couldn't swing on it. You had to open it up, walk through it, and shut it behind you. And I was the only one that Grandpa would let stand on the gate and swing back and forth. So I've been catching hell for it for 29 years that you know <laughs> oh you're the lucky one you're the only one that got to swing on the gate so it's not jealousy everyone's so yeah. old and gross yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean you just heard it tonight <laughs> yeah. well that's because you share grandpa you his middle name's my dad's name so okay yeah, they're a soft spot there i think but yep so well, yeah i'm the only one that gets swung on the gate so <laughs> you know basically you know there's i, I don't know I, I don't think there's Everybody has enough respect for one another. Mm. You know, you talk about unwritten rules, you know. There I think it's Yeah, there ain't rules, it's just you know better. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, you know, sure. You raise yeah. that you should know better. I think one of the, the funniest rules out here is uh 
if you travel out here with grandpa, so grandpa always uh, opening day of gun season, uh, we all try to travel together just because it, it logistically it makes sense because we all live within eighth of a mile, eighth of a mile of each other. But uh, one thing that so grandma always packs the, the lunch for the day. And which is fantastic, yes. by the way. Oh, my um, God. Yes, it's amazing. But uh, one of the biggest things that uh, she does is she always throws those uh, Nutter Butter bars in there. Mm-hmm. And those are supposed to be, I'm doing quotation marks at the moment. Those are supposed to be if you kill something. Uh, or celebration. That's your celebratory stogie, the nutty right. butter. Yes, yep. but uh-huh. as soon as you get to the bottom of the gate and you guys, because well, Grandpa never locks the gate anymore if there's other people in the truck, we always jump out for him and lock it. And uh, he's always sitting there. He's reaching back in the cooler. You guys want another buddy bar? And Whether we kill a deer or not. <laughs> Whether we kill a deer or not. And <laughs> snacks you, are snacks. Yeah, yeah, you right. get hungry. You feel so guilty taking this. Like, man, you don't deserve this. I didn't kill anything today. Like, and so does she know this has oh, gone on? Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. Oh, most Because she's going to know now. Yeah. Yes. Right, right? Yeah, this absolutely. is going to be out there and... Like the video, like the movie or the film that the guys have filmed, like this is going to live everywhere in perpetuity right. until yep. the internet yep. goes dark. She knows. Yeah, she okay. knows. She's I don't want to anybody. But. She's a pretty smart guy. Yeah, she figured it out pretty <laughs> yeah. quick. There's only one. There's only one person on this planet that Grandpa Chuck fears, and that is his wife. <laughs> but you know, you know, it, it, like Jesse said, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, you just know better. And, and you know, and the last thing that any of these boys want to do or I want to do is disappoint my dad or their grandpa right mm-hmm. and and we've all done it and we know the feeling of that and we don't want to do that again sure mm-hmm. right and it's you know you know dad's 75 years old and getting ready to be 76 you know well i guess he is 76 but you know it's just one of those things that like jesse said he, he summed it up we just know better mm-hmm. right so there's really now if somebody shows up here and you know if, if uh, tj brings a friend or you know, I bring somebody out here, you know, then you kind of tell them, you know, we're stay. you know, we this is off limits, that's bedding area, we just don't go there, that kind of thing. But, you know, the people that come here all the time, we don't, there's really nothing, you know, so it's, it's the same thing in the cabin, you know, you'd, you know, if you're, if your kids are here and they're jumping on the couch, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you pretty nicely to not jump on the couch the first time, you know, or somebody else will kind of thing. So it's the, you know, there's really no, I don't know, no really unwritten rules other sure. than treat it like it's your own yeah you know there's an outhouse over there that's yeah. functional someone's oh, got to yeah. clean that right who, yeah. who draws a short straw on that one well dad did last time <laughs> <laughs> yeah he told me one day hey i got the outhouse cleaned out for for we're having this big camp out you uh-huh. know they're all good yeah so yeah i still use it it's still we got running water in the cabin but I, yeah you do I, yeah, I still use it you know it's just uh, the cabin is is beautiful and it, it wasn't then you guys use a term I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, you call it a, a pole barn. Yep, it's a mm-hmm. it's a it's a metal it's a it's a barn that's built um, wooden structured metal barn. Yep, it's got a wooden structure and it's it's got metal on the outside, yeah. so that it's called yep, it's called a pole. And barn. you guys have built that out to it's like a soundproof, perfect building, and it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We, it's took, we put up a thirty by sixty four barn, and we took twenty four foot of that barn. And we, we made a cabin out of it. Yeah. And we finished it off with tongue and groove pine, and we put all barn siding into the uh, on the corners, and we made faux beams that go across the top with metal on the ceiling with ceiling fan. I mean, it's it's nice concrete floor, and we yeah. we built a really nice kitchen in there, and a nice big island that you, as you've seen tonight, we can do a big spread out there oh, on yeah. the island, and there's mm-hmm. plenty of room. And so yeah, it's we really thought it through, and I know we were talking a little bit today too, you know, with the 
the barn siding, Dad and I would look through the pile of, of barn siding we had to make sure that we could make the colors match mm -hmm. right, you know, and not have just willy-nilly colors. Oh. It wouldn't look like a patch quilt, you know. Yeah, we wanted yeah. it to kind of look like it needed to look, you know, like it was an actual beam going across there. You yeah, know? you just so, can't take two boards and hope the grains line up to each yeah, other yeah. looking up in the air. Right. And the cool thing about this barn, so this, this cabin, we'll, we'll call it the cabin. The cool part about the cabin was this is technically the second iteration of this that we have built in the past 20 some odd years. Yep. We built so, one at home. Yep. And it's, it's where I, different, but the same. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's where I live now. So it's in the back of a 120 foot barn. It's last 20 feet and it's a two story apartment. And, uh, we kind of, we kind of worked a few things out there of what we liked and what we didn't like. And some of the stuff that we learned from that project, we implemented on this project. And mm -hmm. definitely the biggest thing was, is we wanted an aesthetic look to this. Like my apartment, yeah, it's got a def definite turkey theme because I'm definitely a fan of the uh, the turkey posters at, uh, oh, sorry, the turkey prints at the uh, the banquets and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But we wanted to make sure we had a cohesive theme of this place before we started building it. And that was the kind of agreement we had to get grandma and grandpa on before we started building <laughs> some place. But well, you know, it kind of got down to the end of, you know, well, whatever you think, Pat. And I was like, well, you know what? This, that's not, it's not what I, it's what we think, right? It, we're in this together. Yeah. So let's sit down and talk about it. And I tell them, and, and you know, sometimes, well, my mom, sometimes she has a little bit of trouble maybe visualizing until she sees it, you know, which is fine. It's a lot of people that way, you know. And so dad and I would tell her and explain. And sometimes dad is like, well, I just don't see it, but let's do it anyway. You know, and then we get it done. It's like, oh, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Don't I worked think out. about doing it like that, yeah. you know, so. That, that was fun. It was a challenging thing. And we did it all through the winter. So it was, you know, we, we tried to work on nice, decent days because, mm -hmm. of course, we had no heat in there or anything when we were doing it, you know. But it was fun. And mom and dad came down and they did 99.9% .9 of the insulation in the walls. And, mm. you know, they're both retired and I work for a living as does everybody else. And so they'd come down and, you know, we'd go get a game plan together for what needed to happen in the week. And they'd come down and have fun, cook lunch and do whatever, you know, and just it was fun. for them. Make a day out of it. Oh, yeah. Weeks. <laughs> make weeks out of it this this was a nine-year project yeah yeah and it's, and it's, it's only, not done, it's only right? been built right. for and a year it's always right. being added to or improved of yep. all property yeah you know there's already a there's already a short list started for what's next right yeah. we got the cabin done so now wouldn't you know it's 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 a funny thing i think when you grow up on a farm and you grow up as a as a doer, mm -hmm. you know, we're all kind of doers in this family. Everybody's, you know, they're hard workers and, and we we're, we need to stay busy. And when you get one project done, what do you do? You, you have to have another Find project. Another. Right. Yeah. And so that's, you know, kind of the way it is. And, and hopefully it's not going to be a, a project of that magnitude, you know. So yeah. hopefully we can spend a little more time um, back in the, the habitat side of things and start doing some more there and, you know, that kind of thing. That's that's the game plan anyway. Yeah. What's uh habitat wise, what's your biggest goal right now that you think is within reach? Um, well, you know, my biggest goal that we've kind of already started was the warm season grasses and the cool season grasses and then a big pollinator mix that we have planted. You know, that was the, the biggest, I guess, habitat project that we that we're kind of in on. You know, we got twelve acres that we're really trying, you know, we call it the you know, project twelve to where we kinda to do it you know and it's it's just it's one of those things that it's not something that you see results tomorrow when you plant it today right it's a you know with that warm season grass mix and the pollinator mix you, you know you got to want it and then you got to you got to watch it you know and then you and then you can then you can utilize it it's about a three-year process in order for it to really 
take hold. So right now, it, there's some some pollinators out there, and there's some big blue stem that you can that you can pick out, and some small blue stem. But you know, there's a lot of other you know foxtails and, and things of that nature that you know that that you um, you know that's not going to be there later, but it'll end up not being there when we get done. So why grass, right? I mean, the casual listener tuning into this podcast. Why is this guy so in love with this grass, and why does grass take three years to grow? Yeah, well, what it is is the grasses that we plant, they are, um, they're, they're going to be there forever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like your yard, you know, kind of grass. But it's just, it's that warm season and cool season grasses that you want there for bedding purposes. Mm-hmm. The deer use it, the turkey use it. So this grass doesn't grow like fescue grass or like your grass in your yard. It's not thick like hair on a dog, right? So there's, it's a patch grass. So if you think about little turkey poults or you think about quail or you think about baby pheasants or even big pheasants, right, adult pheasants, they have to be able to maneuver through the grass. And this this type of grass grows in the patches. It's it's like a head like hill. plugs. Yeah. yeah, like a head hill kind of a thing, right? So they 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 can maneuver through that, you know. So once these grasses get established, then it kind of shades out some of the other and, and it gives an opportunity for its aviation uh, predation uh, cover. But it also allows the, the small poults to come and go as they please. And then the pollinator mix with all the, um, the flowers and, you know, it looks like a weed patch to some people, right? There's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. out there with seeds on it. And that, and that helps do the, um, you know, butterflies and bugs and grasshoppers and everything that the turkeys love to eat. Sure. And then that grass also gives an opportunity for animals to bed in there. You know, we put some. Our, our next kind of big thing is to put some more what I call structure. It's kind of like it's kind of like fishing, right? You got to make structure. And if we mm-hmm. do some, um, you know, some uh, like brush piles when we come out here and we're cleaning some non or some invasive species, and we save that brush and we pile the brush up and put some good hardwood in there, and the turkeys will start nesting in there. Mm-hmm. It gives a place for rabbits to hide. It gives you know it, it protection from the coyotes. It gives them protection from the, the hawks and the owls. And you know, we sit out here last night. How many owls did we hear? You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> So, so mm-hmm. that's what's so important about that grass, and, it, and it's just it gives them a safe feeling, and it's just it's a natural feeling, and it's a browse too. You know, they go through there and they browse, and it's you know they don't make a living there eating every. You know, that's not where they make their total mm-hmm. living, but it's it's a great place for them to you know to be. It's just it's it's perfect habitat for for wildlife. Yeah, is what it is. You know, it, it's it's about as perfect as it gets. You know? So, Dad, I think I think in layman's terms, it's a it's not a lawn; it's a habitat. Right. Is what it's trying to get towards. Yep. Yep. It's definitely a habitat. So you guys have done a great job with your seed program here in Indiana. And, you know, I think, what was the number you told me earlier? Like how many acres can serve? 6,000 this past year. We can serve 6,000 acres. We got, we got a plane going over. We got something going overhead here. Yeah. You got really good microphones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Purdue Airport, it's the, was it the third it, or second? It is the busiest airport for the, because it's a school, right? So the, the kids touch and go there all day. Oh, is that right? It's, a, yep. it's actually the, one of the busiest airports in the nation. So, really? Yeah. Because yeah, so of the pro- touch and goes. So probably what we're hearing is a kid working on his night hours. Yep. Oh. So that's a, like a student driver. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Flying over our heads. Yep. Yeah. 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 Let's hope he keeps going. Yeah, right? keep going, buddy. Yeah, going up to Chicago. You just got to start paying attention when it starts whistling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you can hear the flop, flop, flop of the engine. Yeah. That's a problem. All right. So our, our plane's gone over. Um, I'll get us back on track here. <laughs> 6,000 acres. Right. 
So, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, it is not. So, you know, and a lot of that is, is projects that we've done through that wasn't, you know, that was basically what the state had conserved mm -hmm. or helped conserve, right? And now not quite all that was through the Habitat Seed Program. But we do have a we do have a role in a lot of the fish and wildlife and DNR properties to where our Habitat Seed Program supplies the sunflower seed for their dove fields. Mm -hmm. So, and when they plant those dove fields um, that the, with the seed that we supply and they have a they have a tenant farmer plant it right we don't do any of the planning or anything and then that comes back around to the point to where we get the whole outreach events women in the outdoor uh, dove hunts or collegiate dove, dove hunts or we get the you know one time we did a, uh, a wheeling the veterans hunt mm -hmm. you know we did one of those and and so and then we do uh we do some put and take hunts uh, pheasant hunts on on the dnr property with some of the you know, some of the stuff that we've supplied, you know, we supply them some corn and things in, uh, around that area and th that they leave for wildlife. So it's been really invigorating for me to see that we started this back in 2016 and there was no uh, seed program. They tried, they tried a seed program a, a, a few years back, quite a few years back, and it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. It just, it never took and it was, it was kind of convoluted. So when I brought it to the state board before I become president, um, I was, um, I'm not going to say I had pushback, but I, there was some doubt that it was going to work, right? So we said, well, what are we out? You know, it's not going to cost anybody anything. So we basically made it happen. And then the state put a little stipend in for me for gas money, right? Because what happened was, is when people order seed, I would deliver that seed. I would pick places that, uh, and I still do, I, that, you know, what's close for five people, I, I'll get within 30 miles of everybody's home and then they meet me there, right? So, right. so one day that, that one year, Dad and I met the seed supplier up in Fort Wayne, which is about two hours from our house. And there was a couple of guys up there that had got seed. And when we left Fort Wayne with a trailer and a truckload of seed, we drove all day in the state of Indiana. We drove 782 miles and never left the state of Indiana in one day and delivered wow. seed. So, you know, that's we think that's pretty good dedication to make sure everybody gets what they need and they get yeah. it on time, you know. And it's and it's really quality seed. It's good seed at a real discounted price, you know. And we, if somebody wants it, they have to have... A, um, you know, we, we asked for their uh, NWTF membership ID. Mm -hmm. That way we know they're members so they can sure. get the discount, you know. So, but yeah, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. Get to meet a lot of people. And, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. That's a lot of uh, opportunity created just by that one program. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. Well, yeah. just like the kickbacks of that program, you know, like, so the volunteers went up a couple of years ago and we had to put and take pheasant hunt on the state ground, mm -hmm. which is from the seed that, Pat had supplied to the NWTF, and, you know, we took a group of guys up here with us that's part of our sportsman's club down here. And hell, I mean, all of them guys have never been pheasant hunting. You know, they were hooked, and now we go on a couple trips a year down south of us. There's a place called Royal Flush that we go hunting at, and, you know, it's one of the things, like, all them guys are like, you know, I'd, when are we going back down there, you know? And it ain't like none of us have dogs or nothing. We have some friends that have some dogs. Your friends are the dogs. Oh, yeah, they can be. Yeah, they can be. A couple of them are great retrievers. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just introducing a bunch of people to, like, you know, there's so many different sides of the lifestyle of, yeah. you know, the outdoors. Yeah. You know, you take some hardcore deer hunters and fishermen. Never, I mean, they might do some duck hunting or whatnot, but, you know, never been pheasant hunting or dove hunting. Yeah. And that turns it into, well, yeah. When we when are we going dove hunting again, you know, we're only going pheasant hunting when. 
Right. Do, do it's get, pretty powerful yeah, stuff. Do, do they have another date that we can go before the end of the year? Right. So that's powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yes. And it's nothing just to kind of just flippantly, casually talk about. You know, it, there's there's importance in that and that in telling that story. I mean, that's what we're doing here. And now other people are going to hear the story too. And I hope it resonates with other people and, and so inspires them to, you know, take take up a call or, you know challenge them to take out one person right? right and get out there or yep. you know help lump bags of seeds right. if it gets the sure. job done yeah. uh i want to ask all three of you, uh start down at the end favorite memory of your life thus far right here right here at this property yeah man i think the the most favorite one was was probably when uh we had to help grandpa track a deer at this property and yeah. he already had a predetermined uh, log run that he had already cleared out. And Dad and I had no idea he had already cleared out this log run. And he, you know, he harvested a deer. It was on the back 40 of the property. And Dad and I were sitting back there going, I don't know how we're going to get out, this out here. And Grandpa's like, oh, I'll be right back. And he literally <laughs> drove a four-wheeler right to the place. And we were both just like, how did you get this? He's like, oh, I found the log road. And he was just the happiest man in the world that he, you know, he found a log road. And it was like maybe 20 feet from where the deer was harvested really and it was just one of those things that like him and i didn't know about it and you know grandpa's just the amount of time he has spent on this property it was just astronomical you say he probably knows it better than the rest of you wholeheartedly oh. yeah it's, it's uh, evident i i saw i you know in 24 hours of observing you can i rode uh say he called it side saddle on the atv with him today gone tour and you got that. You, like, you understood there's there's certain trees that he, he knew he was going to point out to me before he even got mm-hmm. to them. You can tell by the enthusiasm and the storytelling and what those trees meant to him and why they were important and why they're important for the ground and, and beyond the property. That's great. Yep. And he's also a heck of an operator mm-hmm. when it comes to any piece of machinery. That man knows every piece of yeah. machinery like the back of his hand. Yeah. How about you? Favorite memory? Uh... It sounds bad, but like at this age of my life, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be 30 in a couple months. But you know, anyone I'm out here just spending time with them. Yeah, that's not bad. Why does that sound bad? That's great. Well, I mean, just for being young. But now I got a bulldozer. It's actually sitting over there. Yeah, that's yours. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's moved a lot of dirt out yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Pulled a lot of trees too. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's done a lot of work and rocks but no about three years ago when it was out here we were grandpa had a rock he wanted to dig up over there just right north of the cabin so he started digging on it with tobacco and just a little kubota tractor with tobacco on it and i think when it was i got pictures of it but when it was about out of the ground it was still like seven foot tall and it's a big rock. Yeah, oh, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, you can take a picture of tomorrow with the big rock. <laughs> and, I mean, we dug all the way around it. And he's like, well, I don't, I don't think we're going to get it out of there. I was like, well, I mean, we're going to try. Now, so, now, so now you got to do it. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're determined. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have that. The, oh, the dozer sitting down on the ground, pushing on it and pulling on the tobacco and finally got it up top and it took forever. I was like, where do you want it? He's like, well, I guess wherever you can, as far as we can push it out of the way, you know, and it ain't, I mean, it's 
like a Volkswagen bug. Yeah. A big rock. Yeah. Big old rock. Big old rock. Pat. You know, there's there's so many memories in the last 10 years, but, um, you know, there's a couple that really stand out. You know, when we we came down here that day and we, we saw um, the place and we walked it and um, we got done and we decided and, and we made the guy an offer and the guy took the offer and the guy, you know, there was no gate at the bottom of the hill, you know, and, and we, we sit down and we said, wow, we just did this. You know, I was 42 at the time, you know, yeah. and it was, you know, we just sit there and it was just, it was just a surreal feeling, you know, that we now own our own place like this, right? We have farm ground, right? But it's not this, right? You know, that's money that makes money that does what it does, you know, and, and we both live on, you know, I live on 18 acres and dad, he lives on 30 acres and, you know, with the other farm ground that we have, but the, the feeling that something that you've wanted for so long that finally came true right so that was really cool and then the, the, another memory that really sticks with me um is the first turkey that we got down here my dad killed down here yeah. and i'd seen a turkey and i said you know i'm going to go back to the back i know there's some more turkeys back there and i said you sit up here on this food plot i said they've been over by the dam i said they're roosting over there by the dam I said, you sit here, and I said, you know, um, I'll, I'll see you back, the, back at the barn when we get all done. We didn't have the cabin at the time. And so I got to hear that whole thing play out. I heard that bird gobble on the roost. I knew exactly where he was, and I was clear back on the other side of the creek down there, kind of where we looked on the bluff sure. today. And I could hear it all the way down through that gully. I heard him pitch out. I heard him hit the dam. I heard him go down in that gully. He gobbled all the way up there. And then he got silent, and I heard the shotgun blast. And I tell you what, that was... That is, I'll never forget that. You know, I wasn't even there, and I'm getting charged I'm, up I'm thinking about you, that. You know, that picture. was just so cool. <laughs> and I come, you know, because as soon as he shot, I, I was done. I, I'm, I'm headed this way, sure. right? And we sure. get up there, and you know, as we always do, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm 52, almost 53, and I still give my dad a hug and tell him I love him because I oh, do. Yeah. You know, and that, and that's to me, that's just awesome. That that, and then you know, but I said, there's so many memories. The first night we spent the, you know, just here not a few months ago, the first night we spent the night in the cabin. Yeah, you know, I asked Dad. I says, "Mom coming down?" He said, "No." I said, "Just she just wants you and I to stay here." You know, it's a special day. Yeah, and yeah. Was, and it was cool. We came That's down here cool. and we cooked out on the grill and we just had fun and we didn't do a whole lot. We well, we always do something, right? We can. But so you know, the the list of memories that I have in the last ten years, just on this place, you know, I could write a book, and, and but the last fifty two years, I could write a, a, a whole band of encyclopedias, right, of the memories that mm -hmm. I have together. So that's. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You know what stands out to me truly, and now that I've I've met the nephews and your boy, is uh, you know, you your family, your camp, it flies in the face of the the standard stereotype, the meme of the hunting camp, the whitetail hunting camp. Because that's none of that is here. No. There's no trash, there's no empty beer cans scattered about. No one's tearing ass through the grass with their four wheelers or their their pickup trucks. Like that's all that's all garbage. It doesn't exist here. Nope. Uh, well, it goes back to you should know better. Sure, right. So, and, and mm -hmm. more to that, and then I think what speaks to that is a lot of you guys are young. Y'all have some really nice trucks and nice <laughs> equipment. Like this stuff isn't cheap. You know how which you, speaks. You know, you know what we talked about earlier, Red. What did we talk about earlier? If you work hard, you can have nice If you work right? hard, you can have nice things. So that's what I'm getting to, right? Like, you guys aren't old. 
You're not too long in the tooth, but you're highly successful. You guys are focused and you get it done. Not a lot of 30 year olds are under running around with freaking bulldozers in their back pockets. I don't care if it's half used or not. Right. It's not a bicycle. You just don't go down and buy a bulldozer, right? right. And this, this equipment to accomplish the work you guys have put in here. Yeah. That it, speaks to the, from grandpa on down. It takes a village. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 it really does take a village. And when you have a, a strong family with really strong work ethics, it's even better. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt that the, thank you. Um, there is a work ethic here that I, I wish would infect the rest of the country. Like, uh, like a, like a bad TikTok dance. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like mm -hmm. stupid things that take fire, but work ethic like this. And it's. It's that man over there. It's not incredibly hard, though, right? No. It just not. takes mm -hmm. focus and a little discipline. I make, I make more money going to work every week than I do someone sitting on unemployment. Right. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting out of bed for what unemployment's going to pay. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a lot more expensive hobbits and habbies and. No. Jocko Wilnick, uh, if you if you if you're familiar with Jocko, um, Navy SEAL, wildly uh, successful fella, he likes to uh, use a, a term or a saying, you know, discipline equals freedom, and that's applicable in so many different uh, ways. You can apply that here. Your discipline literally equals freedom. No, you have the freedom to run around 75 acres. And do what you want. Absolutely. Yep. Because you put the time in. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, it's it all boils down to if you want something bad enough, you'll make it happen, right? It's it's that way anyway. It, anything. It's just like it's like you're. You know, there goes our train. We don't have airplanes. We I'll tell you what, right? man. This was the quietest place until I hit this record yeah, button. It was. <laughs> <laughs> trains four miles away. We got yeah, planes, yeah. trains, automobiles, <laughs> and I'm waiting for the coyotes. I was kind of hoping the coyotes would spin up. Yeah. So yeah. why we're waiting on the the train to pass the train is actually it's uh it's one of the most busiest train yeah. tracks this side of the mississippi um, yep coming into lafayette there's so much uh, we have two corn syrup plants in lafayette we have a lot of industry so it, it's it's a busy track it's a uh, on a slow day it's one every hour is that right yeah. mm -hmm. and amtrak yeah and amtrak and yeah that's that's passing through attica this is no, it's passing through your backyard. Yeah, yeah it sounds like it's <laughs> Independence and Riverside. It's getting ready to run us over. <laughs> so what's really crazy is that is when you're hunting and you don't want to have your phone out of your um, out of your uh, out of your pack or whatever. That's how you tell time. Yeah, train rolls through. Yep, it's, train it's, rolls through. It's that. Yep, on yeah. a, on a Saturday, that's every hour. Every hour is a train. No kidding. Roughly, it's about I've seen it anywhere from 20 minutes late to 15. It's it's they're because that track is so busy they have to be on schedule yeah. if you're if you're not on schedule on that train track you're you're losing the company money and they're gonna fire you there's a lot going on in indiana there is we talked about it last night a little bit around the fire there's so much going on in the country and i live over in new hampshire uh, right on the coast um you you you, you consider these states but you know with the the crappy term that's used is these flyover states until you actually get on the ground, like <laughs> my old, my whole impression of Indiana was, uh, I used to drive over the top of it for business, and I just it was flat corn. I come out here, and this is not the Indiana I 
I, I perceived or that I thought existed north to south and vice versa. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's a lot of demographics in Indiana, right? So down in the southern part of the state, we have the Hoosier National Forest, right? It's a national forest and it's huge. And we do a lot of work down there. The NWTF does a ton of work down there. We have lots of, you know, fish and wildlife areas. You know, it's like I said, it's only the 3%, but what we have is the quality 3%, right? Mm -hmm. And as you move north, you know, if, once you get out of the Wabash River bottoms, it's flat, you know, and then once you're farther, you get north, um, you know, north of this place, 10, 12 miles. It's, you know, like we made a comment about it today that, you know, it's flat enough up there. You get to watch your dog run away for three days. Yeah, right. You know, you get to, he just keeps going. Yep, he's still walking. You know, it's that flat, but it's just, that's why it's so diverse. Indiana is such a diverse thing. You know, we can grow uh, 300 bushel corn in the northern part of the state, north central part of the state, and you can go down south and the biggest industry south is logging. Yeah, it's right? crazy, so it right? is, it's yeah, it's a, it's a, it just it's clear across the board, you know how it works. So it's it's a pretty very very diverse state. Yeah, a lot of industry and you know and people still wave at you when you're on the road. And, yeah, they definitely know? do. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a good it's a good place to live, good place to raise a family. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know it has been for us. You know, and and speaking of that, you know, you know, still talking about the lifestyle and the family. You know, as these boys, you know, my nephews and my son too, you know, but like with my nephews. You know, they, I've, I've, you know, helped be a mentor or whatever, you know, a, a staple in their life for, for ever since the day they were born. You know, their family, that's what you do, you know. But it's so cool as, as an adult, you know, and they're adults and they have children of their own. They call and they, and they say, hey, Uncle Pat, I got a question. Or, you know, they, they still consider you, you know, they're even, a, they're adults, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like me calling my dad and just need an opinion, right? Or, hey, do you want to? You want to go do this or you got time to let's go do this or you know hey you want to run the river today or you know hey you know bringing the kids out you're going to be around you know so it's just really really neat to see the you know i mean i love these i love these kids you know like their own yeah yeah they yeah. are that's spe it's special yeah, i got it, i got cousins that i never see yeah. and there's it's not on purpose. It's just it is what it is. Sure. That's just yeah. how our yeah. family grows. I have, I have some of those too. Yeah. You know? I mean, mm -hmm. we, I had seventeen first cousins, you know, and, and they started having kids, and yeah, everybody yeah. goes their own way, right? Yeah, yeah. I still see some of them, but you know, when it's your when it's your sister's kids or your brother's kids or, or whatever it is, you know, that's the that's. And I'm so thankful that we we still have a close relationship. Yeah. That they're comfortable enough to call me, or they call in Elaine, or you know, we can we can bounce ideas off of one another, you know, and just have fun and. You know, if we go, you know, we can go out to eat. Hell, we went with Jesse and his wife. You know, we went to a concert the other night, you know, and here were the old people tagging along, you know, you know we're <laughs> in our 50s, you know, and, and they're in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s, yeah. but they still think enough of us that, hey, you want, you guys want to go to the concert? Yeah. Sure, absolutely, you know, it'd be fun, you know, so and that's cool, you know, that they still want to hang out with Uncle Pat, you know. Nothing that's, wrong that's, hanging you know, out with that, Uncle Pat. That's pretty cool. Uncle Pat's know? got the good deer hunting spots. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell nobody. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no coordinates given out on no, this hog no, podcast. Absolutely not. Um, you don't do the things you do uh, for an organization like the National Hot Turkey Federation because you you like uh, you like the sound of the name or you know you, you're you're casually involved. You have dedicated so much of your time, your family's time. All three of you will will start down with TJ. Mm -hmm. What's NWTF mean to you, and you know, going forward? So, <clears throat> I'll give a little backstory. So, 
I'm an educator by trade, but uh, one of the places I really started to find my calling was the the Boy Scouts of America, now called Skyline of America. But uh, they had a lot of, um, when I joined the scouting career, it was kind of one of those things where, hey, these guys have a lot of values that line up to me. And I did that for a good couple of years, basically elementary through high school, essentially. I got my Eagle Scout through those guys. And it was a, a very cool process for me. It kind of helped me, you know, figure out who I was. But uh, it wasn't until I was in late high school, early college, where Dad started really working towards the, uh, the National Water Turkey Federation. And he brought a pamphlet home one day and said, hey, this is the uh, this is basically, you know, all the stuff they believe in. I'm like, hey, well, that kind of lines up with what we're doing. And it really was a, uh, a system of like, hey, this is uh, something that we really, you know, we already do this stuff. This is something that we already do. And it's something that we really want to keep doing. And it's something that we want to keep doing for a long time. And it really boiled down to of for me it was it was basically a transition from scouting over to this of just like hey this is you know this is something i want to do now as the capacity for like the national water confederation i'm more of a person that's in the background like you're never going to see me in pictures i'm the guy that makes sure uh dad looks good essentially like <laughs> like he he needs a package ran somewhere i'm the guy for that you need uh you need a random thing at a, a woman's hunt. I'm I'm the guy for that. But when it comes to the big publicity thing, I'm I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that's in the background. I'm making sure Dad looks good and what he needs to do. And it just boiled down to is the National Trade Federation is pretty much the same thing of what we do as a family already. Yeah. Not so much about the turkey itself, and I think that you hear that kind of time and again with with members and, and newcomers that you know i i like turkey hunting but there's a bigger bigger mm -hmm. play at hand like yeah. in my lifetime i've only killed one turkey i've been turkey hunting before but i've only killed one i've killed one jake in my lifetime i like to kill more or harvest more i should say say whatever you want you kill yeah. it <laughs> yeah. yeah i killed it but yeah killed him dead. <laughs> but yeah the cool part is you didn't is, hug him <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got that turkey on i got that jake on a uh, a national turkey federation hunt that dad bought it was on a banquet raffle that dad bought when we, before him and I were even on the, the board. He just like, hey, this is your 15th birthday present. I said, all right, cool. Yeah, let's go turkey hunt. Cool. And after that, we kind of started figuring out what the Turkey Federation was about. And that's kind of where we came into things. Yeah. Good stuff. What about you? Uh, probably didn't. I honestly probably never heard of it till like the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Pat threw his feet in it. And, you know, if he, if he starts something, he's going to put the all to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's done so far. Uh, I've honestly never been turkey hunting. Yeah. Never had turkey license. Never even been out scouting them. Uh, but you support the banquet yeah. every year. Comes but you're there. I, sponsors the I, banquet. I sponsor a table. You know? That's so that's that's what I'm driving at, right? I mean, that's that speaks volumes. Um, I mean, after you after you learn, you know, quite a bit about it, it's all going to a great cause. And I, I, I there's think, so many great things that come out of it, for, especially for the youth, you know, and the we all, the we all chapter that you know we're part of. They do a lot of youth, and we have the 
Carly Kelly camp. It ain't far from where we're at now. It's a huge youth camp. Uh, one of our buddies is a DNR officer. He he's a uh, he ain't the head one of yeah, it. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah, he's a yeah. Matt runs Matt's it all. A head, he's a head one of it. But you know he's also a member of the We All chapter, and it's a. Uh, I mean, all that's to a great cause, and you know we run even at the gun bash or the banquet, you know, there's usually a card raffle or something that goes towards that. And, mm -hmm. you know, like last year, uh, my brother actually won a gun. Didn't really particularly want the gun, but he won it. Then he just threw it back up for raffle. He's like, hey, you know, he just won it on a card raffle. And it was just a raffle that already was just going to the banquet, you know. Mm -hmm. He's like, I want to throw this back up here for anybody that, you know, we're gonna sell another deck of cards on it. But I want, I want all this money going just to sponsor kids yeah. to go to the Kelly camp, and it's three hundred and fifty bucks mm -hmm. to send, send one the kid. kid there. Yep. And I think you know they raised five hundred bucks off that. Yep. Just for a kid to go to the Kelly camp, and it's a great camp. You know, they do their boater education and firearms training, and it's kind of like a. That's for military boot camp for thirteen-year-old kids. Yep. Yeah, and that's nothing wrong I, with that. No, mm -hmm. it's a great camp for them. Mm -hmm. But you know, I see where the money is going, especially seeing, you know, I talk to my uncle yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. So I think your you, you your know what's doing. It it's really going to a good cause, and you know, I'm I'm seeing a lot more of it on that outside of like the turkey hunting for the conservation of it you know we're we're going pheasant hunting and dove hunting and you know i plant two acres sunflowers every year just to dove hunt on since we've put our foot in the door for the yeah. nwtf you know i'm busy enough i i'd love to go turkey hunting but it's one of them things you know i got enough irons in the fire yeah yeah and you know, Pat, I'll let Pat go harvest them and I'll eat them like we did tonight. <laughs> there you go. And they were good. Yeah, they were great. Your testimony, your story, what you just said, I think is, it's what so many people need to hear, right? Because they, they see a logo, they see a name, and they just assume it's all about turkeys and you're only doing it so you can have turkeys to go kill. Mm -mm. And what you just said is proof positive that that is just not the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you can... If you want to, you can use it for a tax write-off. You know, I don't even—I don't even use it for a tax write-off. We just, you know, I just do it more or less. Throw my name out there in the farm, and I'm not even looking for the. There are the so many people or appreciation of hearing your name. But, you know, it's it's going to a great cause. There's so many people at our membership that are just like you, that we over the years, Pat, have done not such a great job of telling that story. Right. 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 And you know. I, I'm appreciative of that, what you just said, because I, I want more people, more people need to hear that and know that this it's, it's isn't, you know, a selfish endeavor. And for so many people, it's, it's, it's more well, than that. Yeah, you and we're not running away from yeah. turkeys. We love but, killing know, turkeys. We but, love making yeah. sure turkeys are there and the habitats there for turkeys. It's in our name. Uh, but it's, it's such a bigger picture. Yeah, but you don't, I mean, you don't have to be a turkey hunter. You don't have to have the desire to go turkey hunting because there's so many more mm -hmm. aspects that. I know the Indiana side of the NWTFs, 
giving towards it. Pretty strong, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Pretty strong it, deal. It, yeah. You know, just like our license plates, you know, Indiana still offers a license plate. You know, I got three vehicles at home that have a NWTF conservation plate on them. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah. A sharp looking plate. It is. Yep. Pat, what's a what's that WTF mean to you? Wow, you know that that there again, we could write a book on that, right? Um, <laughs> so, start writing. Yeah. So you know, it, it's it's pretty neat, and we, I kind of told that story a little bit earlier about you know how I kind of came into the NWTF. Um, I used to go to banquets all the time, and I would just go, and I was a member, and I didn't really get involved. And you know, just happenstance, I was at a banquet, and um, for the we all chapter that I belong to, and I'm the banquet chair and the president, you know, and everything that we what we do. But I was at that banquet, and you know, they were struggling for help. There was nobody there to help them. They were just running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And a buddy of mine, Brian, and I went there, and I told Brian, I said, "Man, I'm going to ask if they need some help." And Brian's like, "I'll help too," you know. So we got together and and we helped. And um, so at the end of the at the end of the night, I just asked. Uh, Pat Navarre, the guy that was running the whole show, I said, hey, Pat, I said, you know, we had just met, and I said, is it is there an opportunity for me to help here somewhere? And he's like, oh, absolutely. You know, you helped run games tonight and stuff. Said, we have a committee meeting after the after the, after the the uh, banquet, you know, the next couple of days, you can come to the committee meeting. So I went to the committee meeting and got to be on the committee, and then I, I ended up running the, the local chapter, not running it, but being the president of the local chapter and the banquet chair, and Got to be fast friends with Pat, and, you know, we, we come to that route. And then with uh, the, with Grant on the, um, Grant Schimmel, which is our, our regional director, you know, I got to be friends with Grant, and and then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, hey, he said, I think you'd be, you'd be a really good asset to the state board. You know, this was years down the road. And I'm like, well, you know, Grant, I don't know. I got a lot of things going on, you know, and he's like, well, he said, you know, let's just put your name in the hat. So lo and behold, I got on the state board. And I've been on the state board for, for a good while. And then I got the, you know, habitat coordinator and then the state. So, you know, and now that um, I'm on the state board, my my uh, presidency ends in the end of uh, December 2021. But I've been nominated to get on the national board. And it would be humbling to me to be able to get onto the national board coming from just a, just a, a banquet goer that asks some poor guy that was running around like a chicken with his head cut off if he needed help because yeah. I'm a helper, right? I mean, I don't want to see somebody struggle. So I went to that, you know, so if I can get there, that would mean a lot to me, just the fact that I can I can help at a, at a whole different level. But to get back to your original question of what it means to me, you know, the NABTF is a family. Lo and behold, it's just like our family, right? There, Everybody has the same goal in mind they have the same mission in mind and when you get like-minded volunteers from california to new hampshire mm -hmm. all the way down to florida and south dakota wherever north dakota everywhere in between right and they have the common goal in mind commonality that and they and the people uh, like jesse was just talking you know it's not about the turkey the the, the wild turkey is in our name but anytime that we do habitat work, anytime that we put boots on the ground, it's not just for the wild turkey. Every every the wild turkey is so cool that in the fact that when you when you get habitat habitat work done for the wild turkey, it benefits every piece of wildlife that touches that ground. That's exactly right. Everything. And and I don't think people quite understand that. You know, this is not a good old boys hunting club. Right? It's it's this is a this is a a, a business, I, I, that's what you want to call it, a nonprofit organization. 
that puts the money that they make back into the system for conservation, habitat restoration, you know, relocation of wild turkey. They're still doing research on turkeys. They're still, everything that comes with it, right? And there's a lot of naysayers out there that, yeah, there's, you know, there's people up at the up at the top that are getting fat and rich and that's not the case that's not right? the case. that is not the case at all right and but you, you've heard them talk and you know uh-huh. and that's the way it goes and until they immerse themselves into it yeah. right and understand it you know it, we just do so many good things for so many different avenues of the conservation world right um you know when we get you know, we're, we work with whole different entities and we get these grants. And I, I work a lot with, like I said, with Ryan Boyer, our, our uh, regional biologist. And I've learned so much from, from Ryan on how all the, the, the financial part of the grants and how things go and how they work and how we make match money. You know, if, if you, you talk to somebody, say, hey, you know, hey, we got 16 to 1 match or 6 to 1 match. And they look at you like you got three eyeballs. You know, what in the world are you talking about? You know, and until you understand that, that we can take $10,000 and we get a six to one match on that money from other non-government organizations, NGOs, you know, we've just turned that $10,000 into $60,000 in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. right? So we can take our money and we can take that money and exponentially make a difference. You know, so now we're just not doing a $10,000 project. We're doing a, a $60,000 project. Right. Now, if we do 100,000, now what do we got? We got 600. If we can get a million dollars, then we got six million. So we can make a difference all the way across Absolutely. the board. And that is what's so... That, that that the NWTF means to me is that it, it, it's just so it's it's just so far beyond the wild turkey that it's cool, yeah. right? The wild turkey is the face, and everything that that we do rides on the back of that wild turkey, right? I mean, it's it's the wild turkey carries a lot of weight. Sure does. That's what mm-hmm. we do, you know. And you know, I was talking to to Matt Finoff in the uh, the other day, and and he was talking about you know seeing the you know that we had a picture on the on the turkey call magazine that with that that hen with their wings spread out with the poults under the wings you know and he said you just think of all those poults as a you know you just pick it streams an elk right you take each one of those poults away and put something else in the place of that poult that's what the wild turkey does and the conservation of the wild turkey does mm-hmm. it keeps things under its wings when we do all this work in the name of the wild turkey it's it just it covers it's a blanket it's a great way to put it yeah it's it's pretty cool you know and matt was telling me that and i'm like yeah you know that makes so much sense to think about it that way you know that everything that the turkey spreads its wings over is affected with the money that we raise you know and these harder you know these people these these people whether you're white collar blue collar or whatever you are that you come to the banquet you have fun and you spend your hard-earned money you can rest assured that that money's getting spent well yeah you know this it's, this isn't a get rich scheme for anybody you know this no, when is a, 90 cents on every dollar is being right. put back in the dirt absolutely mm-hmm. yeah it's amazing yeah tell me who else does that yeah. you know and it's just amazing that that can happen at this scale yeah you know it's just it, it's actually humbling and it, it truly is yeah, and yeah. you know and, and and as we all sit here around this table and we're all part of it you're just as much a part as anybody else you know more than, than a lot but it, it, it's just so humbling that maybe at some point we can leave our little mark on, on this on this great organization, you know, whether it's your legacy, we've been talking about a legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And if my legacy is that I'm a hardworking guy and I like to get things done and I can make a difference at the local level, the state level, and hopefully at the national level someday, that could be my mark, right? I don't yeah. need I don't need accolades. I don't need awards. I know we talked about I got some awards up there in, in, the, in the cabin, right? And a lot of those are state awards. Those right. aren't my awards. Those are what we did as a state collectively. You know, it's a team effort. 
you know, even some of the, 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 the single awards that I got, you know, I got a, you know, for the state of Indiana, I got the Habitat Award one year for when we started the program, the seed program and stuff. But I, I didn't do that on my own. Right. You know, Ryan Longenbach in Michigan, you know, he helped me. He's the, the guy that owns Wildlife Seed Supply. And, you know, we, we piggybacked off of Michigan. And I worked with the state board in Michigan to make sure that we weren't crossing any lines. And, you know, there's so many people that were involved in that. But it just happens to be that my name was the only award when it came. Sure. You know, they'd have had to have an award four times as big as that one to put everybody's name right, on it. Right. Made it happen, yeah. right? So, you know, and you kind of talked earlier about, you know, we don't do a very good job of telling our own story. We're humble people, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that w with this place, you know, with this little farm that we're sitting on, you know. Yeah, we, you know, this is this is a place that we love, and but we're humble about it. We yeah. don't go, we don't, we don't walk around bragging to everybody that we own this farm and we, sure. you know, people that know us know we have it, right? And we don't go around and talk about you know how nice the cabin is or nothing and we let somebody then they come out here and look at it and they can make their own delineation how what they think of that cabin sure. right it's just not something that we do and i think the turkey federation is exactly like that good or bad you know it's and, and i think we're starting to really tell the story better yeah i think our social media preference or uh you know is, is getting better they're, they're starting to do some more things out there this conservation week that we're having right now what a better time to have this than exactly conservation right. week right so there's a lot of really awesome things that are happening in the, in the NWTF. You know, our our logos, I, I think our logo's been hit right out of the park. I think it's a home run, Grand mm -hmm. Slam home run. I think that, you know, we have, you know, I'm not going to go down that road with the naysayers that we have. I think that is the minority of the, of the people. They're just a squeaky wheel, you know, that we need to grease in a different way. And I just think that it's, you know, it's, it's such a good thing that, you know, we're going to get a new website and, you know, we're getting new, new e-commerce stuff and new clothing and just, you know, it's coming, you know, and, and it's just a whole different genre of things that are coming. And it's so exciting to see the growth and what's coming down the pike, you know, and lucky me, I, I'm, I'm, I sit on enough committees and, you know, and chair some committees and or work groups, I guess they're not committees that I get to see some of this stuff prior to the public seeing it, you know, and I get to see a lot of stuff that nobody's ever going to see because it's not going to go through. We're not going to that's not going to be part of it, but it's such a fun process to be part of this. You know, yeah. it's just, it's so cool. There's lots going on. And, oh, you know, wow. as we work towards our, our 50th anniversary and, you know, think about that. This organization has been around for 50 years next mm -hmm. year. Yeah. I was three years old when they started. This, right? <laughs> think about it like that, you know, 50 years and, you know, uh, all of us staff, volunteers, uh board members we are all in a unique spot in our history that we are definitely part of that we're leaving we have a direct effect on that the movement forward of this organization yep. in this moment right now on this timeline yep. um there's a lot of people that have come and gone and didn't get that opportunity absolutely and you don't you don't have to be part of it to be part of it yeah you know yep just you know the donators and the I mean, just the event goers. If you just want to go and drink beer with your buddies all night and try to win a gun, you know, you can go home at the end of the night and, you know, we spent 300 bucks and didn't win nothing, or we spent 300 bucks and won a $800 shotgun. We appreciate those people too. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got to have them. Absolutely. And, you know, we, you see them at all the banquets. There's guys that yeah. don't even hunt. Sure. But they come out there because they got a couple of buddies that might hunt. And, or they just a gun collector. Or they just want a prize. Or they just want to yeah. bid on something in the auction. Well, we've know? done a good job over the years of putting on good shows, too. We have. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have a great show. Yeah, yeah. that's right, exactly right. 
I'm excited to see what the 50th brings at that national convention and now, how that's all going to play. I'm, I'm really huge. excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be in Nashville uh, this coming February 2022. Yep. We're going to kick that off, right? The charge, the pep rally to to uh, the 50th there. So uh, it's going to be a year of excitement. Oh, that's I'm for damn you. sure. It'll mm -hmm. be fun. I'm glad I'm part of it. Yeah, you know? I'm glad you're part of it, too. Yeah, I'm glad y'all are part of it. And I can't really thank you guys enough for inviting us out here. Uh, to uh, to shoot the film, to document you guys, your your family, what you've done here, and sharing that uh, not just with us, with with our entire membership and anyone else that that finds this, um, mm -hmm. you know, you this stuff here stands to to motivate some people and inspire well, them. I hope so. Yeah, you mm -hmm. know, it's it's you know, and thank you for coming. Yeah, and we'll get right down to the to the brass tacks here. You know, it's it's people like you that help tell the story, that lets it be told, right? I mean, we could we could talk amongst our friends and we can talk amongst people that we know, but until we can get our message like this, that yeah. you no, know, we're just everyday people. Yeah, I'm not some super turkey hunter. I haven't killed tons and tons of turkeys in my life. I love to kill them. I've killed some turkeys in different states, but you know, I'm not. It's, I love turkey hunting and I'd give up deer hunting if I could turkey hunt every day, yeah. right? mm -hmm. but I can't, you know, so, but it, it's just something about it that it's, it's just so fun, you know, that it just, it's once it's in your blood, it's just, it's really cool, you know, but it's really cool. It is. Yes. You know, it's <laughs> exactly it's something right. about it, you know, <laughs> but you know, but you guys coming out here and doing this and bringing the film crew and, and, you know, everybody's just been so polite and humbled and it's just been fun it's been a really a fun weekend fun. and we really appreciate and it's it not over work. we're gonna go to right. bed and then we're gonna get up and we're gonna go uh, uh do some, some small game hunting you know, kill some bushy tails yeah yeah i'm looking forward to yeah. it pat your family thank you so much for inviting us having us out here hosting us it's been i had dove for the first time tonight <laughs> i've never had dove what'd you I think am, uh there it's phenomenal it's uh it's i've been missing out for 40 plus years well, uh, maybe we'll get you up here next year on a dove hunt. You can come up here. Yeah, well, maybe I can uh, press my local leadership in New Hampshire to bring a dove season back. That would be nice. That, that would be cool. That will affect yeah. some change. Yeah, but then I'd we'll have see. to come to New Hampshire and show you how to do it. So Perfect. bring all my decoys. And I'm, some I'm a terrible shot. <laughs> That's why I shoot birds on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took two days off work to make sure you could eat dove. Well, I appreciate you, brother, because it was, it was damn good. Thank you so much. Uh, one more time, guys. Uh, this is film one we're here on location for the first one of four and uh we're gonna get back in planes trains and automobiles and keep the show going pat thanks again for having us thank appreciate you your support yep. thank Safe you travels. for everything Going back home thank you thanks mm -hmm. for all you guys do uh for the turkey federation and and what you guys do locally for the state of indiana well so, thank you for god bless thank you for everything you do stay safe out there have a good season good luck this fall and uh We'll see you in uh, Nashville. Yes, sir. Yeah. Very Thank good. You. All right, Thank guys. You. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Uh, what a pleasure, and without overstating it, uh, an honor uh, to share some dirt, some ground, to share hunt camp with the McFadden family. A lot of cool stories. I can't wait for you guys to see the the film on this one. It's a pretty cool thing to have a family unit that that's that is that tight and you know all of this all aspects of it from from working the the food plots to the planning for stands to food prep um 
all the way down to uh, the organization that uh, means so much to them in the National Wild Turkey Federation and what, what they give back to it and um, what it feeds them. And that's a pretty cool thing. One cool story we didn't dive into at all um, and what not to be missed out on was the the cooking of of Grandpa McFadden, Chuck's wife. And the cool story that went with this is she made this these killer desserts, this uh, cherry cobbler on like yellow cake or something. You know, not that cherry cobbler wasn't good, but let's go ahead and put that on a cake. Uh, uh, one of the best coffee cake cakes, <laughs> that's redundant, but uh, I've ever tasted so much so that uh, the guys that were with me there on, on location were talking up this coffee cake and I knew I had to stay away from it. And, you know, most of you that know me know I'm kind of a, a fitness nut. I'm not a food snob. I do love all things fat and sweet. Uh, that's why I do all the working out and the running. But I knew once it hit my, my sweet tooth, I'd be in trouble. So I waited the last day and man, it was every bit they uh, they talked it up to be. Well, that's not the story. The story that I, go, that I wanted to talk about and I thought was pretty fun. Um, so she makes all these casserole-sized dishes, right? These desserts and things like that. And and she does this for every hunt. Not like a hunt weekend. Uh, every time the guys go out, the kids go out, she's cooking. And is highly insulted if it comes back with any food in it. So, of course, you have to oblige, as tough as that may be. Anyway, I just I wanted to make sure we, we shared that story, uh, the baking prowess, um, and then the, uh, the guilt-trip-laden uh, forcing of consumptive, uh, consuming the sweets. Hey, you're not going to have to hold a gun to my head. I'm, I'm down anytime. I'd like to thank the McFadden's one more time for having us out, opening their uh, their camp, their home, their ground to us, and sharing those experiences. Look for the films to come out uh, next. Next, uh, we're headed to let's see, Maine, Pennsylvania, and then the Northwest. So stay tuned for those. We look forward to sharing those stories with you. If you have. Um, a cool story you want to share. There's likely going to be a season two on this uh, this series, Camp Culture Series. So go ahead and uh, hit us up on our socials. Uh, drop us a note. Let us know that, uh, hey, you got a story you want to tell, and we'd love to read all about it. So uh, you can find us there, direct messages, um, all that. So uh, with that, we're in full swing, guys. Uh, our next guest, most of you will know, uh, in the turkey world, and uh, if you've never met the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Hart, you're gonna. And you'll see him in two weeks. Until then, be safe, shoot straight, have a good time of field, and uh, thanks for all you guys and gals do in supporting our mission. Don't forget to bring a friend along with you this year that's never been. Introduce him to the National Wild Turkey Federation. Sign him up for a membership. We appreciate it. Be safe, guys.